Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. back to another episode of the Blitz podcast. I should say welcome back to the week eight episode of the Blitz podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Gallo. Of course, I'm always joined by my trusty sidekick and partner in crime, Mr. Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going, my man? Well, today uh, we are going to be watching a little Chicago Bears, Los Angeles Rams, good old fashioned punch you in the teeth football while we record Kind of unlike yesterday's game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals, where both teams just decided not to play any defense at all. Yeah. Um, a lot of people may not realize this. The Cardinals never held the lead until the very end when they won the game. <clears throat> that entire game. So they, they held the lead for zero seconds in the game. Yes, that is correct. Uh, has Dallas held a lead for any seconds at all this season? Um. Well, they won two games, so I don't know how they did that. Well, we've got some interesting stories to talk about this week, too. I mean, how about the Atlanta Falcons coming up with a new way to lose? <sighs> talk about how not being able to get out of your own way, right, with Todd Gurley? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I he mean, was playing. He should have been watching, watching few... footage of Maurice Jones Drew instead. <laughs> no, he's done it before. He did it a couple years ago himself. He went down. I remember, remember. I remember. Yep. He was probably yep. play, He was probably playing against himself as fantasy because those NFL players play fantasy. Some of them do. He was probably playing against himself that week, and then this week he's probably had himself on his own team and needed to score. Of oh. course, I'm joking. I'm joking. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's as long as he didn't have him in the millionaire maker, that, that I don't care. You know, the, the other <laughs> thing that I, that I read was the Falcons this year have had, I believe, in the fourth quarter, a 98-plus percent like win probability. They're the first team to ever lose three games like that. <laughs> well, and to think, I mean, it takes a lot of skill to lose late to a team like Detroit, who is known for losing late. <laughs> yeah, um, well, you know. It happens, and look, there's a changing of the guard. There's talks of, you know, will they trade Julio or Matt Ryan? They're not going anywhere. Um, they will sink or swim with them. And you know what? Those guys aren't the ones that are giving up those scores. But that does kind of potentially lead into our topic for today, right? Possibly, yes, it does. So should I give them the topics now or after the news? Oh, give them a little teaser at least. Trades. Trades. We're going to talk trades. Actually, we're going to talk trade scenarios. But before we do that, we throw it over to my man Harley Schultz for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Odell Beckham tore his ACL in the Browns' victory Sunday over the Bengals. After Beckham left the game... Baker Mayfield went on a historic tear, 
setting a team record with 21 consecutive completions and throwing for five touchdowns. Apparently, we've now finally figured out what has really been holding Baker Mayfield back. (laughs) Andy Dalton exited Sunday's game with a concussion after getting mauled by John Bostick. For the dangerous hit, Bostick was ejected, but he will face no further discipline from the league. We asked Dallas's fans about Dalton's injury after the game, and they all agreed that Dalton appeared to have better fieldsmanship and played better after the hit. <laughs> Cam Newton was benched late week seven in favor of Jared Stidham, while New England's former quarterback, Tom Brady, was accounting for five touchdowns for Tampa Bay. Following the game, Bill Belichick asked Patriots management for the opportunity to seek a trade to Tampa Bay. (laughs) Also out of Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown signed a free agent contract this weekend with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is believed that Tom Brady made the push for the team to acquire him. In related news, the team has also been in contact with Wes Welker, Randy Moss, and Aaron Hernandez's attorney. (laughs) And finally, stop me if you've heard this before, but the Philadelphia Eagles just put wide receiver Deshaun Jackson on injured reserve. This has been your BPN News Update. Brutal, 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 brutal for Deshaun. It is weekend. It's got to be brutal. (laughs) Oh, man. Brutal for that receiving court. Brutal for the just... The, the cast that Wentz has to play with. I mean, do they make a trade? There you go. That's the transition. Do they have to make a trade? Well, and why wouldn't they? There's lots of teams out there that would eagerly probably shop a wide receiver or two. So who, so if you were the Eagles and we're going, this is the segment we're going to do. We're going to do a, a segment on NFL trade deadline trades that we would like to see happen. How's that? Exactly. We'll put our Bill O'Brien hats on, and we're going to make these trades happen. They will likely not happen in the NFL, but that's neither here nor there. And then after we're done, we'll move into our DFS segment, and we'll try to help you win some money this week. But for the Eagles, one of the trades I've heard, and it was a couple weeks ago, they thought maybe he'd wind up on the bus or the plane, whatever you want to call it, John Ross. You know, John Ross just doesn't make a lot of sense to me for the Eagles. I, I get the feeling when I see him, it's like, I mean, well, for one, John Ross has never been more than a adequate wide receiver three on a team. And this Philadelphia team really needs a wide receiver two before they have to start worrying about a wide receiver three. So I don't know if it's so much as worrying about him as a wide receiver two versus three. They need some speed to help open things up. Well, and they certainly lost that with Deshaun Jackson going down. Right. So there, there is that factor. Um, I can't remember personally, uh, you have better insight into the Philadelphia wide receiver core than I do. How fast is Jalen Rieger? I mean, he's young enough to be fast enough, I guess. But you know what? You can't be fast if you're not on the field. That's true. And again, they've got they've actually got wide receivers on Philadelphia. They're just all hurt. Yeah. Well, hurt, young, haven't been able to build up any kind of chemistry, et cetera. Um, let's forsake chemistry. Who needs a who needs a wide receiver that we want to give a wide receiver for fantasy? You know, Christmas. Well, here's the thing: if 
if I wanted a receiver to go to a team that could really use a receiver, yep. how about the Green Bay Packers? Okay. Can we give them Randall you Cobb? You have to think that <laughs> – I bet they would be happy to get Randall Cobb back. That's for certain. I mean, they haven't had anyone that can operate in the middle of the field since Cobb left there. But, I mean, again, so many possibilities out there, guys. How, how would you feel like if a team that's overplussed with wide receivers like, say, Pittsburgh was to deal from their depth – a hint, hint, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, who isn't part of their plans after this year, to a team like the Packers, who would suddenly have a outside wide receiver pairing of Smith-Schuster and Adams. Ooh, wouldn't that be sexy? So let's just forget that, because the Steelers being 5-0 and or 6-0 and or whatever the hell they are right now, they're not dealing anything, right? I know, I know, but we're, we're having fun here. This is fantasy. But let's have some fun with this one. He's on a team that is, they stink, they don't have their quarterback for the future. Fantasy owners would love to see him in a new location um, because he does fantastic in what is a horrific situation. Where do we want to put Terry McLaurin? Oh, come on now. You don't think Kyle Allen is the quarterback of the future? Come on now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, actually, I'd be kind of impressed with Allen's first two starts. Again, they were good matchups for him, so we'll wait and see when he actually gets to face a little bit more higher-end defenses against him in the next few weeks. But I, I don't see a team like Washington dealing McLaurin this early in his career. Yeah, but, but we're not Washington. We're Bill O'Brien. We can trade him if we want to. Well, if Bill O'Brien was making the deal, I mean, obviously they'd ask for uh, Adrian Peterson back from, say, Detroit. Okay. So, <laughs> but, but wouldn't you like to see a Terry McLaurin in Green Bay? That, that would work. Well, here is a more realistic option for Green Bay. Go ahead. And now he is hurt right now, so it'll probably delay the ability of him being traded. But wouldn't you love to see Jamison Crowder, a former Washington football team player, yeah, on another roster like say Green Bay? Yeah, that would you know what that would probably hurt Devontae Adams' value a little bit, but yes, that would be exactly what the doctor ordered for that offense, I think. But then again, as long as we're talking wide receivers, Another team that may be in need of wide receivers now is San Francisco once again. At the start of the year, they were short on wide receivers. Then they got uh, Brandon Ayuk back, and they got Debo Samuel back. But now it sounds like Debo Samuel is going to miss some time again. So all of a sudden, they could use a receiver too. Okay. What if you took DK Metcalf and sent him somewhere to be wide receiver one instead of playing second fiddle to... Tyler Lockett and his 15-catch, 200-yard, three-touchdown performance. Well, I think we all know that DK Metcalf is the wide receiver one there and that the game by Tyler Lockett was a bit of a fluke last night. Uh, either way, when you think about the coverage that Metcalf drew, plus, I mean, at this point, don't you have to consider DK Metcalf to also be their top cornerback? Yeah, or free safety, strong safety. You can put him down in yep. the box, could chase somebody down. Good instincts. He can play both ways. He's certainly built like he could handle it. Oh man, he he is he is one specimen, dude. That was probably well, about, one of the best plays I've ever seen. <clears throat> Teams that might need a wide receiver. How about the Cleveland Browns, who just lost OBJ for the rest of the year? Okay, so let's talk, <clears throat> let's talk OBJ. I mean, let's talk Browns. Let's let's see if we can come up with a possible real deal without talk, exactly without talking about cap and stuff like that. What about a Michael Gallup? You think that the Cowboys are ready to cash out for the year? 
Well, I think they are. I think that they're probably more inclined to want to trade Amari Cooper based on the salary factor between him and Gallup. Okay. And I think that he would be probably more appealing in terms of uh, a team looking for a guy who could propel them through the playoffs. And certainly Gallup looked good last year, but Amari Cooper has more of a pedigree. He's done more. He's got more tape of being successful. He's gotten tape of being successful in high leverage situations, which is what you want to have come playoff time. And then that'll free up the ability to let them sign Dak long term, right? To exactly fix their fix their mess up from earlier. Although Zeke's the one they should be dealing to do that, but but thinking about a guy like Odell being gone and a team that might be sellers that makes sense would be perhaps Detroit sending someone like Marvin Jones Jr. to Cleveland. Marvin Jones Jr. again not in their long term plans. They've got Galladay. They've got the uh, rookie Quintus Cephas that looked really, really good filling in for Galladay earlier this year to step right into the role for Detroit. And Marvin Jones Jr. gives the outside receiver to Cleveland so that they don't have to fuck. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. You didn't say it all the way, did you? I, I, I cut myself off halfway through uh, so they don't have to mess around with Jarvis Landry moving to the outside. <laughs> Thank you for catching yourself so I don't have to do an edit there because we're not going to edit it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I was going, I was going, I was just like, uh, it's about to spit it out and it's like, I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked, so I don't know salary cap wise how it impacts the Browns. I do know that the Browns can't cut Odell. Um, he won't be healthy enough. He's got an injury clause in his contract. So that I know is something like 12 or $15 million. He's going to be guaranteed before they can cut him. Um, so he's not going anywhere. So I don't know what that means. We've talked a lot about the wide receiver position. How about some of the other positions? Like, let's say quarterback, where a team like Dallas is still technically in the running for their division title. Yeah, they're a half game out, right? Exactly. And so is Washington. And I think that the Giants are a game and a half out. It's crazy. Yes. I think the Browns actually have two less wins than the NFC East. Combined. (laughs) That's not good. No, it's not. Um, yeah, the, worst so, team in the, the worst team in the NFC West has a better record than the best team yeah. in the NFC East. Okay, so who's the quarterback we're moving? Is it Ryan Fitzpatrick? Well, Fitzpatrick is obviously the most obvious name. Now, around here, Minnesota would love to shed Kirk Cousins' contract, but I don't know if they'll match up monetarily with Dallas unless they unload someone like Cooper or Gallup in the deal. Or, or maybe uh, to look for some sort of salary relief on the deal because I don't see them sucking in the entire Cousins contract. But again, if Dallas were to come knocking, Minnesota has Kirk Cousins. They also have all-pro safety Harrison Smith, who would be a great fit in that Dallas secondary that's really, really suffered due to all those injuries this year. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter. I forget who it was. Uh, might have been Bill Barnwell. I don't remember. They said the ghost that tackled Daniel Jones against the Eagles was a better safety than anybody on the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> but again, I mean, Fitzpatrick is the one that obviously makes sense. Uh, some people have suggested Sam Darnold. Although, personally, I'm, I'm really hoping that Sam Darnold stays in New York. Me too. And that they just finally get rid of Gase. I, I've seen enough of Darnold working with a subpar subordinate cast Yep. that if I'm another team and the Jets say, look, we're looking to sell Darnold, 
I would love to buy low on Darnold at this point. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that Darnold's flashed enough, um, but everybody always likes that shiny new thing, right? So do the Jets tank for Trevor or whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, yeah, put a coach around him, right? Uh Look, Mayfield looks much better with the staff they have there in place now. Not he's not, you know, lighting the world on fire like Justin Herbert is, but you know, he looks much better with a competent staff around him. And I think the same thing could happen. Why start over? Look, Arizona did it, right? So that's probably what people will say, Well, look, they got they got out early and they went this way and it worked for them, but I just I think that Darnold's got more talent than what Rosen did. Well, I can think of a couple other quarterbacks that might be available too. Uh, now that he's fully healthy and recovered from his punctured lung, Tyrod Taylor is not going to see the field in, in, for the Chargers anytime in the near future. No. Justin Herbert's looking like a dynasty top 10 quarterback right now. So he would be an easy guy to deal. Uh, perhaps even a... Well, the, the reason I'm going to tell you I don't think they deal him, though, is Herbert's going to have them right in the thick of it for a wild card. And you, it'll be nice to have that veteran backup if, gosh forbid, anything bad happened injury-wise. Exactly. But it's going to the point where they're not even suiting him up right now. Yeah. What about Cam Newton? Cam Newton? He's not going anywhere. I, he's not going anywhere. I think Belichick brought him in. They kind of tried to change their offense to him. They just got to get him some weapons. I think Newton's going to be okay once they actually get some weapons that are a threat in the passing game there. I mean, when you're starting Enkeel Harry and Damier Bird and expecting them to stretch the field and scare opposing defenses, it's not going to happen. Edelman is washed as far as I can see, uh, although I think a lot of that is just because he's not getting the love from Newton that he had gotten previously from Tom Brady. Yeah, and Newton has looked really good at times, and he's looked really bad at times. Um, I don't think Belichick throws in the towel on that couple wild cards to think about at quarterback position are guys who are currently seeing as backups who might have a chance to uh, reestablish themselves, perhaps. And that'd be a guy like Mitch Trubisky. Or perhaps I I would love to see what would happen if Nick Mullins could get out of San Francisco. So do you think that do you think they'd let Nick go before they maybe deal Jimmy? Or do you think Kyle's... Well, I know... I. I think they want to get rid of Jimmy's contract as quickly as they can too, much like the Vikings wanting to get a cousin's contract. Uh, and considering the previous relations between Shanahan and Kirk cousins, perhaps we might see those two sh- uh, ship to each other's teams in the soft season, if they can work out prices. But <sighs> I, I think that Mullins now has kind of fallen to third on their list behind CJ Beathard after his, uh, questionable performance a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But I've always liked what I saw in Mullins. I, I think that given the opportunity and a good cast of weapons to throw to, he'd be an okay play. So do you know what I'm realizing? I'm realizing that I don't think anything big is going to happen at the trade deadline. It, it never does. And right. obviously this is 2020 and <laughs> anything can happen in 2020. <laughs> right. Bill Belichick but trades again, for Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and James Robinson. But oh. again, when you look at things, you've, you've got big-time players that are basically becoming free agents and just signing with teams. You've you got Antonio Brown going to Tampa Bay. You've got Le'Veon Bell going to Kansas City. 
where's the next Steeler going to end up? Yeah, no. Who's the next? Who's the Who's the next former Steeler that we can send somewhere? Um. Oh, geez. Now you put me on the spot to name a former Steeler that's available right now. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. Oh, who was, who was the tall receiver they had for a few years that kept getting suspended? Mike Wallace. No, he didn't get suspended, but you can send Mike Wallace somewhere. Is Wall- No, he's out of the league. <laughs> He'd come back and take a check, though. Oh, you know he would. Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald's got to be cut from there and go someplace where he can play. There you go. So, but no, the key is, look, we were just messing around and throwing some names around, but it's even hard to do it that way when you don't have to worry about anything else financially, right? Well, yeah, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, obviously it's fun to come up with trade concepts for fantasy. It's also fun to, to look at things from a professional standpoint because you're cheering for your teams. Like in, in my case with the Vikings, I want to see them get rid of Cousins' contracts so they can perhaps tank for a, a player like uh, Fields or potentially even – uh, going after Trevor this year, but it all comes down to this trades, big trades just usually don't happen in the NFL. No. And you know what, even though, even though they should. Yeah. Um, and you know, like Dallas has said that Everson Griffin's available. That's where you might see some stuff happen on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think you see any big offensive players move. Yeah. And again, I, I mentioned Harrison Smith from the Vikings. I know he's been bandied about again. Multiple-time pro bowler. Uh, his contract is still reasonable, but again, he's getting a little long in the tooth for, for Minnesota, so I could see them par- parting ways with him. Also in Minnesota, there's been talk recently that they've considered shopping Adam Thielen. It, I wouldn't put it past Minnesota to deal their rookie wide receiver. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> did, Would they revolt up there or what? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that... Uh, Justin Jefferson has already shown that he, well, at this point in the season, it's, it's either him or CeeDee Lamb is the best rookie wide receiver right now, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think there's even more space that it's really, it's Justin Jefferson. Then there's a step down, step and a half down. Then you could talk about CeeDee Lamb. Well, I think there's a couple of, uh, Couple of running backs we could see potentially move again for depth purposes, but that's about it. So yeah, you're not going to see. I, I'll, big. You're not going to see impact running backs go anywhere. Obviously, the situation with Bell is not a standard trade situation. No, it was a situation where Adam Gase got his way and got rid of Bell. Yeah, and you know what? It kind of if you think about Andy and what he likes in a back. Remember, he had Lashawn McCoy there last year. He likes having a veteran back that that has that skill set. And remember, CH's Clyde Edwards Elaire is a rookie. And you know, Bell could only help him from an NFL standpoint to not hit a rookie wall, possibly by splitting the load a little bit. And if God forbid something happened, then he could step in possibly. So Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing to think about is that if you are an NFL team that has dreams of going deep into the playoffs, then you should be looking for a depth piece. You, you're yeah. not going to find someone trading you a starting left tackle. That's going to be a, a major impact player. You're not going to get someone to trade you a impact quarterback right now. You're not going to get someone to trade you a number one wide receiver right now. What you might get though, that's only, is because, those, that's only because Bill, Bill O'Brien is not in the league anymore. 
well, who, who is he going to trade? Not going to trade Will Fuller. Um, he, he's not going to trade. Well, you might trade Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks gets traded every year. <laughs> that's true. He might trade Deshaun the, the the, the Watson. You never know. Well, I was going to say, if he had a chance to, uh, I could see him trying to trade Deshaun Watson. And uh, I think we might see Houston burn. <laughs> if that happened. Houston should burn already. <laughs> Is this an Astros thing? <laughs> no, I didn't even think about it, but it fits. The shoe fits, right? Exactly. They they got their comeuppance. They were knocked out. <laughs> yep. All right. So I'm not going to talk World Series unless you want to talk like 1980, Game 6. I was in eighth grade at the game. Phillies win their first World Series in, I think, ever. So that's the only thing I'd want to talk about. Well, I got to witness two World Series with the Twins in 87 and 91, and those were very nice. <laughs> oh, you had one of my favorite all-time players on that 87 Twins team. Do you want to guess who it was? I assume you're talking Kirby Puckett, right? Absolutely. Or Frank Vail. Nope, Kirby Puckett, absolutely. I'm a former outfielder. Puckett was a great guy, and uh, obviously things came out about him uh, and his personal life after his death that uh, – kind of sullied his reputation a little bit, but as far as his time in the majors with the Twins organization, he was... As a player. He was, he was just a great, great icon for the league. Yeah. Highly underrated, I think. For as good as he was and, and everything else, I still think he's underrated somewhat. But you know what's not underrated? What's that? DFS. DFS is not underrated. Making money is never underrated. All right, so for the people that might be new and tuning in for the first time, Harley and I are going to give you our payups, our stayaways, and value plays. And we don't discuss this prior to getting into it now. And every week, Harley will set an over-under, which we obliterated last week. Um, what's the over-under this week? Well, Vegas has issued a correction after last week, so we're bumping it up one level to seven. Seven. Oh, that's an easy under this week. You see, I, I think that there's a lot of obvious matches this week. If you'd have said four, I might have still taken the under. Wow. Yeah. Everyone get your bets in now. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Let's... Make make Vegas make Vegas pay for the big middle. So <laughs> um there that's exactly right. No hedging allowed. Um, let me get it's my a big middle, and we're not talking about my stomach here. <laughs> we could be though, mine absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. All right, start us off with a match. Who are we paying up for at quarterback? Hey, you got to pay up for Aaron Rodgers versus Minnesota. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to pick this Viking shorthanded defense to shreds. The Vikings defense has four remaining active starters from last season. Their three best pass rushing options are gone, traded, or hurt. Their best pass-rushing linebacker is out for the year. They let their three starting cornerbacks walk in free agency this offseason. Oh, yeah, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is currently lighting up opposing defenses with the likes of Malik Taylor, Darius Shepard, and Robert Tunyon. In four of six starts this year, Rodgers has thrown for three or more touchdowns, including back in week one when he threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns against the Vikings. This one is going to be ugly. Yeah, so we have a match, but believe it or not, that's not the first name I wrote down. I almost went with Mr. Pat Mahomes at home against that Jets team. 
but I, I couldn't, I could not, uh, not abuse the Vikings with Rogers. Well, and I looked at Mahomes too. Obviously, he's the highest priced player on both sites. But are they going to really even have to throw the ball that much? In that game? Very true. Very, very true. Um, <laughs> it may be one of those efficient sixteen for twenty-one, four touchdown type days in well, the first again, half. In the first yeah, half, he's not going to play the third quarter or fourth quarter. Of right the game. in the first half, you know, two hundred twenty yards, sixteen of twenty-one. Four, four touchdowns. Okay, who are we staying away from? I'm, I'm going to stay away from Lamar Jackson versus Pittsburgh. Lamar Jackson has underperformed all season long. Now he has to face Pittsburgh. You know, amazingly, through his first two years, Jackson has only faced Pittsburgh for significant snaps in one game. His rookie year, he came into both those games and played a few like Wildcat snaps. But he's only started one game against Pittsburgh. Uh, that game was week five of last year. He posted 161 yards and a touchdown, 70 yards rushing. Those are both pretty good numbers. But that's not going to get it done when you're paying 8300 for him on FanDuel. Plus, Pittsburgh's defense right now is a heck of a lot better than it was in week five of last year. Yeah. So we have a match. Um, not, so, uh, not such a good start for my undercall. Um, but initially I wrote Lamar down. Then I wrote another guy down because I almost wanted to stay away from him as my stay away because he's had an extra week to prepare coming off the bye, right? But at the end of the day, Herbert was somebody I considered staying away from going to Denver, playing in Denver, playing in altitude, all that kind of stuff. I think that you know we could see him settle back a little bit. But at the end of the day, price-wise, Lamar is who I'm staying away from, too. Let's see if we can make it a sweep at I think, quarterback. Honestly, I think we will. I'm going to take my value play and make it Jimmy Garoppolo at Seattle. Nope. Seattle can't stop anyone through the air right now. Their best tackling defensive back is one of their starting wide receivers. Jimmy Garoppolo has posted his two best starts of the season in his divisional games against Arizona and the Rams. This team will be without three of their top four running backs, so they're going to have to throw the ball more. Unfortunately, they're also going to be without Debo Samuel, so uh, we'll see what happens. It means a lot of passes go on George Kittle, I'm guessing. So I didn't go with Garoppolo. I, I just something I just don't feel comfortable with him right now at this point, right? Um, it's hard to trust him. <laughs> I went with a guy that was $100 more. Um, maybe doesn't have as great a matchup on paper, but I'm going with David Carr this week. Derek Carr. D- Derek Carr. Yeah, I knew I had to make I've that I've done mistake. that at least twice this year. Yeah, I think I have to do it at least once this year. That might have been my second time. Who knows? But, yeah, Mr. Carr, I believe, going into Cleveland, um, I think that it's it's a he's a nice, cheap play that I think is safer than Garoppolo. Maybe not as much upside, but you easily get four times value on his price tag, I think. Well, and the nice thing about Derek Carr is that he's working with just this ragtag version of vanilla wide receivers. Yeah. And one of the best tight ends in football. And he's making it work with those guys. Again, he's very vanilla. He's going to give you 270 yards and two touchdowns. Not going to do much more than that. Really won't go with anything less than that. And against a team like Cleveland that is very hard to run against. Yes. They're going to throw the ball a lot. I mean, Josh Jacobs showed last week that he can be stopped by a good run defense. 
he's not. It's not going to be any easier this week against Cleveland for him. So I, I got to give a a shout out to who I almost dug deep for. Mm-hmm. I almost gave Mister Tua Tagliavoa my sleeper pick, and I think it's because we're going to see him run a little bit this week. Huh? Don't love. The he matchup. might be running to to avoid Aaron Donald. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't love the matchup, but just I, I really believe that he could be a difference maker simply with his legs. Maybe he only throws for 180 and two, but 60, 70 yards. Would that surprise you? No, not at all. Right. Oh, so, by the way, I want to give a shout out to you. Uh, I think you, you had Joe Burrow last week, right? As your value um, play? I think I may have. Let me see. No, I crossed him out and went with Minshew because he was cheaper. Ah. But I did have Burrow as a mention. Should have stuck with it. Nice game for Burrow there. I had Teddy, then I said no. I went and I moved to Burrow, and then from Burrow I went to to Minshew. (laughs) And Minshew did have a good game too, so. Yeah. All right. He saved his job, I think. (laughs) For a week at least, right? Exactly. Okay. Well, let's see, though. Are you really saving your job if the person behind you is Mike Glennon? (laughs) Then that says you might need to. Talk about teams that could use to trade for a decent veteran quarterback. That means that you probably need to find a new profession if Mike Lennon is who's going to replace you. Exactly. Okay. Uh, what, what happened? Would Minshew's mustache fall off of his face if he was bent for Mike Lennon? <laughs> yeah, he'll get a, he's going to get a crew cut and clean up his act, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, two for three at quarterback. You got some ground to make up. Who are you paying up for at running back? Uh, I had this guy as my stay away last week. Because of the matchup, I have him as my pay-to-play this week, and that's Derrick Henry at Cincinnati. Derrick Henry didn't do much of anything against the Steelers last week, but he still got into the end zone. This gives him seven scores over the last four games. Uh, Meanwhile, you flip the coin over to Cincy's side. They're allowing 167 combo yards to opposing running backs, one touchdown per game to opposing running backs. Last I looked, Derrick Henry is the entirety of the Tennessee running back room. I know they signed uh, uh, pass-catching guy McNichols, uh, but he's hardly ever on the field. It's Derrick Henry's show. The price is high, but I'm going with him here against Cincy. So I'm making a play that is just so unlike me. My payup is, are you ready for this? He's got a fantastic matchup. Dalvin Cook. Oh. I look, nobody's given up more points to running backs this year um, than Green Bay, than the Houston Texans. That's the only team that's given up more to the running back position. I am worried about him coming back and being 100% and, and shouldering a full load. That's where it's not like me to recommend that. But with that said, I think that enough people will be off of him that it could pay dividends where he's not chalky. He's actually anti I totally, I totally agree with that take. My only concern with Cook, in fact, I'm less concerned about the injury, and I'm more concerned about game script. Game script, yeah. Picking him up. And that's possible, but I also think that they keep him involved in the passing game enough also um, that he also yes, only, needs, he only needs one or two plays to really make his day pay. And against Green Bay, he can make that one yes. or two plays really fast. Exactly. So it's not something I feel good about, but when I look at upside <clears throat> and what I believe is ownership is going to be under-owned, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a crafty little play. Let's see if we agree on our well, stay away. Uh, this one I had to go down the list a little bit for. 
I, I went with James Connor at Baltimore. We got a match. Uh, Connor's totaled a hundred total yards and, and or scored a touchdown in each of his last five games. What's really disappointing though, is that in each of those last three games, he seeded a touchdown to either Brenny Snell or Chase Claypool, or in the case of week three, both of them. Plus, Baltimore has a pretty stiff rushing defense, even though the last couple weeks they've been a little bit touchable. So I mean, I'm not saying that Connor won't have a good day. I just don't see him well reaching the point where I feel comfortable playing him at 6,400. I, I agree with you on all that. And then you add in that the Ravens' defense got better during the bye. They acquired Yannick Ngakwe. I'm from your Oh, jeez. How did I forget about that? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, granted, he's an edge rusher, and, and but still, that still all plays into it, right? He's an edge rusher that's very good about tackling the running backs. Yes, he is. So, yeah, I think Connor was, like you said, we had to go a little deeper, but I think it's a no-brainer with the matchups that are up there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, so I, I think we're going to match her on this value play, too. I don't. We're <laughs> not. We're absolutely not going to match on this. <clears throat> okay. Well, my, my value play is pretty self-explanatory. We have a blowout script, a bad run defense facing him, and it's a revenge game. Okay. I'm talking Le'Veon Bell versus the Jets. Bell is going to score multiple times before getting tossed from the game and subject the Chiefs to a 15-yard penalty when he scores takes the football, runs to the Jets' sideline, and throws the football directly at the face of Adam Gase. That's a good story. You've heard the call here. <laughs> That's a good story. Do you really want to know who my value play is? Who is your value play? My value play costs more than my stay-away player. <laughs> okay. My value play is Kareem Hunt. Ooh, I like that. He's facing a Raiders team that's given up the third most points to fantasy running backs. OBJ is gone for the season. They're at home, right? We're starting to get a little yep. weather. It's getting a little colder, all that kind of stuff. I And look, I know it's going to be a stretch to go from, what is it, 6,900 that he is? No, it's I'm not. I'm drafting. A, so I, it, it, it's okay with that, but the 8,200 on FanDuel. We talk. <laughs> well, even there. He's hitting three times value. He'll hit. He may, I, I think you're quite right. Yeah. So he is my value play. I actually think he hits four times value on DraftKings and Fanduel. You can have what you want, but um, when I do these things, I'm I'm more looking at DraftKings. Quite honestly. Well, actually, I, I would say this week there's just not a lot of value plays I really like. No. That's why I kind of went a little higher. Yeah. It was, uh, it's one horrible. player that I kind of like that. I mean, if you can figure out who's going to be the main guy in Seattle, I mean, whether it be Travis Homer or DJ Dallas or Carlos Hyde, I could see maybe using one of them. Or I kind of like the idea of playing Naheem Hines as a cheap second option against Detroit. But yeah, again, I mean, the the safety valves in in the lower tier this week are just not there. No, they're not. So I mean. It's one of those weeks where it's like I'm, I was looking at value plays and I'm looking, can I consider Melvin Gordon a value play? A revenge game against the Chargers? Right. His price tag is 5,667. I'm like, that feels too high for me to put him as a value play. But I mean, on this slate, he really is because 
there's not a lot to choose from below below 5500 right and that's why if i look in that five to six thousand dollar range or five to fifty to five hundred dollar range i'm like yeah i'll just pay up for kareem hunt mm-hmm. so that's why i went there um that was one of the key factors in me me calling it under because i figured that that was a spot that you would not hit exactly okay let's do it wide receiver i think we can run a couple here on wide receiver a wide receiver i'm Doing the hookup, I'm going with Devontae Adams versus Minnesota. Ding, ding. Week one, 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Adams has now scored and or topped 100 yards against Minnesota in each of their last seven meetings. Yeah, that's all there is to that. Stack it and stack it. And forget it, yes. Stack (laughs) it, stack it, and rack it. Staying away. What do you got? Michael Thomas, who, you know, I don't want him to get in any fights and not play again. No, he's got a horrible matchup on top of the fact that he hasn't played in how long? Six weeks, seven weeks. Yeah, something like that. Um, I'm not big on playing guys when they come back from an injury as it is. Um, And then you take and put him in the matchup that he has at the price that he is. Yeah, I am completely out on Michael Thomas. I'm sorry. Well, we're not going to match on this one just because I, I looked at that and I thought to myself, there's a chance he might not even play this week. Yeah, I guess that's possible. So I, I kind of skipped past him and... You went to Adam Thielen. No, you went to Tyler Lockett. <laughs> no, I did. Uh, I went to Tyler Lockett, yes. <laughs> Here's a stat for you. In the last two years, Tyler Lockett has had five blow-up games. 11 catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. 13 catches, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. Eight catches, 120 yards, one touchdown. Nine catches, 100 yards, and three touchdowns. And just last week, 15 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns. In the four games immediately following those four, not including this past one, Lockett posted a total of 10 catches for 128 yards. That's a four-game average of two and a half catches and 32 yards in the follow-up game. I will not have this Tyler Lockett slander on my watch. <laughs> but you make, you make a valid no point. There's no way you can play this week. <laughs> point of order to the guy on the bench. No, I mean, yeah, it's, and people are chasing. They will chase those points, won't they? Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. Yeah. How has it been for like the last six years that Patrick Peterson can shut everyone else down, but he can't stop Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett? Yeah. Those two have absolutely eaten Peterson alive for the last three or four years. Um, So is it Peterson or is it um, Mr. Let him cook Russ? Well, Russell, as we talked about last week, has really had no success against Arizona over the last three years. So. Yeah, maybe it's, it's just been <laughs> Maybe it's because he's feeding it to his number one wide receiver too much, and not his true number one wide receiver. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, he's not there yet. Exactly. All right, <laughs> let's see. Value play. We might match on the value play. Probably not, but we might. Well, I'm going to stay in that same game. You are okay. Then we're not going to match. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk at Seattle. Settle is allowed opposing number one wide receivers to average nine catches 
and 119 yards with three touchdowns on the year. The worst performance of the season against them by a number one wide receiver was Amari Cooper. He finished that game, the, the worst number one against them was Amari Cooper. Nine catches, 86 yards. Debo Samuel, likely out. Ayuk is going to absolutely eat here. So yours is a safer value play. Um, he's also a little more money. But I think we get a half a match for this. Who was your value play at quarterback? My value play was Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, and your value play is you stacked. I stacked my values. So did I. Um, I'm going with Hunter Renfro as my value play yes. at wide receiver. Not not Nelson Aguilar and his four touchdowns in six games? No, I looked at Nelson, but he was too damn much money. <laughs> but Which, by the way, Hunter Renfro has actually been a pretty good wide receiver the last year and a half. Yeah. So I don't know why his price tag is so low. Yeah, I think that price tag, opportunity, game script, all of that, I think you easily get three to four times value on Hunter Renfro this week. And if you want to take the value plays, you have a stack, so that's why I said we should get a half a point there. Yes, and no, I totally agree with that. I like I actually think that Aguilar might be a little over-owned this week because of yes. the recency bias with him scoring in three straight weeks and four of six. Whereas, like you mentioned, with Renfro, he's been so consistent. He's he's, he's kind of like Jamison Crowder, a cheaper Jamison Crowder, or a cheaper um, – who's the guy – I can't think of his name now. Uh, Danny Amendola, but he's, he's obviously not built like Danny Amendola, but he's one of those guys that goes out there, he'll get you five or six catches for yep. 50 to 60 yards every single week. Yep. And if he throws a touchdown in there or two, then you That'd really be nice. Peter. Yep. Well, guess what? With that answer, your over cannot hit. You can only push. Ah. And I think the push could be in play, honestly. <laughs> it could be in play. Um, okay, tight end. Tell them who we're, who we're going to match on on the pay-up. Well, I'm going to do the triple stack this week. We're going George Kittle at Seattle. As expected, Kittle didn't do much last week versus the Patriots. He still got targeted seven times. Still recorded five catches and 55 yards, which for most tight ends would be pretty darn good. Seattle, they haven't faced an elite tight end this, yet this year. The closest thing they saw was Mike Gesicki. and actually held Gesicki in check. I don't think he had a single catch in that pass in that game. But this is going to be a test for them. I, I thoroughly expect Kittle to be targeted at least 14 times in this game, which should mean about 10 or 11 catches, well over 100 yards, and at least one, at least one score. Yeah, so Kittle's not my payup. I actually considered him for my stay away, for what it's worth. Oh, wow. Um, but I wouldn't fault anybody for playing him, quite honestly. I, I don't even love my payup. I, I thought it was tough at the top of the, of the tight end chart this week. You went with Darren Waller, right? I did not. I went with Travis Kelsey. Oh. I went with Travis Kelsey. I think in two and a half quarters he's still able to rack up 15 to 18 points. Like I said, I don't love it. I'm not paying up for tight end this week, honestly. Um, I'm going to pay down for tight end so that I can get some of those other guys in my lineup. And you really have to with the running backs. So you you guys spent up a running back this week. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if, if, I was, if I was to pay up, though, uh, for much of the reason you mentioned, I don't think Kelsey plays the full game. So Kittle's going to have to play the whole game. That's why I picked him over Kelsey. Yeah. Um, but do consider Waller, too. Cleveland has been pretty abysmal against tight ends all year. Yeah, they have. Um, 
believe it or not, though I hate how this is. Yeah, they're they've had their moments. They're not as highly ranked as I thought in giving up points to fantasy tight ends. But anyway, um, as I said, I was thinking about staying away from George Kittle, but I just couldn't say stay away from him. So I stayed away from another guy that's a little bit higher priced, who's had a great year. He's coming off a bye, but he's got a tough job facing a tough defense. And that's Mark Andrews against the Steelers. Well, there is a match for us there. Pittsburgh's allowing 3.8 catches, 39 yards per game to opposing tight ends. They've only allowed one tight end score all season. In three career games versus Pittsburgh, Andrews has averaged less than four catches and only 36 yards per game. So it's kind of right on par with what they're doing this year. He doesn't have a single career touchdown against them. And as we talked a little bit about before, Lamar Jackson, not a great play this week. They still, for whatever reason, try to get Nick Boyle involved in the offense. Obviously, Andrews is an elite-level tight end. You're not taking him out of your redraft league. You, you just got to hope that he catches a touchdown pass or two this week because he, he's just not going to get the yardage. Right. You have to hope he gets paid, or, and it's just that's risky at that price. Okay, we could possibly match at our pay, at our value play. I will say... I almost stayed in that same game for my value play, but I didn't think Ebron was quite cheap enough. What was Ebron's price? Oh, let's see. He was... Uh, 3900 30, on DraftKings. 3900 yep. I went much so cheaper. You went cheaper than that. I did. Okay, who did you take? Well, the sample size is getting bigger and bigger. Um, <laughs> I'm going with Drew Sample at home against a Titans team that's top seven or eight, I believe, and fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. Okay. And I think that what, well, you're, what you're looking at is you could be looking at a game just like you saw this weekend where he's able to give you 9 to 10 to 11 points without having a special day, and then that gives you the ability to get that extra money in your lineup for Kareem Hunt. Well... As far as my value play at tight end, we didn't match. I'm going to stay in that very same game, though. Okay. And this guy is not a value on FanDuel. On FanDuel, he's 6100 which is basically the right price for him. Yeah. But his price tag on DraftKings at 4100 Janu Smith is a steal. Janu doesn't have to face Pittsburgh this week. Prior to his injured week six and getting stuffed by the Steelers last week, Janu had averaged four and a half catches, 55 yards over his first four games, plus he had five TDs in those first four games. Uh, look at Cincinnati for, for reference, though. They're allowing six catches and 74 yards a game to the position. This includes allowing 21 catches, 257 yards, and six tight end touchdowns just over the last three weeks. And he'll likely be under-owned, honestly, because people have short memories. Exactly. Please, please, please play Janu this week. Please, Janu, stay healthy. (laughs) Isn't that that the key? (laughs) If you need a sleeper, maybe consider starting Anthony Ferkser just in case. Build a couple showdown lineups for that game and put Ferkser in the captain slot. There you go. Just in case something happens to Smith. So... Vegas was bad this week because I said that I would have taken the under on four and we hit on five. <laughs> so the middle hit. You got that big middle. Got the big yep. middle. Anyway, um, good week. 
You know, last week, there's a couple you called out that, you know, I talked about Burrow, even though I didn't make my pick. I called A.J. Green as my value play at wide receiver. He was one catch probably away from breaking that 100-yard mark like I thought he would. What was he, something like 7 for 82 or 86? It uh, seemed like everyone had 100 yards in that game. Yeah, except A.J. Green. Um, but, I did, but if you remember, the other guy I talked about was Deontay Johnson. And you also remember me saying we talked about the Claypool trade, and I told you that I worry about Claypool. Exactly, exactly. So I saw people on Twitter and as badly as I've wanted to take a victory lap and because I told a, a listener of our show, actually, he DM'd me on Twitter and he said, I need help, need two of these three, told him who. And then something made him say, I'm stacked at wide receiver. I'm also starting A and B and B was Claypool. And I said, I would actually sit Claypool for the other guy, um, which was Mike Evans. Not much better, but better. <laughs> so, but I didn't, I didn't take any victory laps. Um, I still think that, you know, Claypool's going to be up and down, but Deontay is a cog that they will not, not look at. How bad is his injury though? Don't know that yet. That's the problem, right? Exactly. Are we, are we going to see another Pennsylvania wide receiver that can't stay on the field? Yeah, that's possible. It's always possible. Hope it's not the case, but that is possible. So, you know what? Be ready to pivot Sunday morning or whatever. Their game's Sunday, Monday. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. Um, and that's when you can run Claypool in the lineups, possibly, if, if Deontay's out for an extended period. And the best way to pivot on Sunday morning is to keep an eye out for tweets. Yes, and you can right? do that by following Harley at Nuclei. Har- yeah, that, 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 that. Following, I'm not editing it. It's not happening. Following Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. I tell you, you could follow our boss, David Dory, at DMD, DM Dory, but he told me he couldn't log into his Twitter this past weekend, so he probably wouldn't be able to answer you, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure how he does with getting that fixed, but anyway. Um, what you can do, though, is you can always make sure you have a Huddle subscription and see all the stuff that David adds to the site, as well as Harley and, and myself and help take that and win some fancy fantasy championships and some money. That's the easy thing to do. Um, and then, you know what? Like everything else, and listen, I guess we should say this before we, we sign off. Next week, we will be on for one more week before we have to vote. Right? So, yes. So if you have not done so yet, make a plan. If you can vote early, go vote early. Don't vote more than once. Just vote once, but vote. And next week, we'll give you another reminder, and then it will be what it is. Until then, get looks responsible. Cheers.